my name is Nova Favor and I will be speaking on chapter 6 topic mastering small group presentations and negotiation before I'll kickstart this topic I would like to quote I would like to state the quote of Benjamin Disraeli he states and I quote that the greatest good you can do for another is not just to share your own riches but to reveal to him his own this topic will not only reveal to us the better way for us to make small group presentations and negotiations, but would also ensure that it gives us hints and points on how to make a good small business presentation. Now, most opportunities for us to win point speaking takes place in small business meetings. Many people have changed their directions of careers and their company by making effective presentations to small group of people with making decision power. You can also do the same if you pick and not do things in this chapter. First of all, we have to know that small group presentation can make or break our career. When we are asked to make a presentation, we have to take it more serious and make sure that the participants respond effectively to our presentation. We have to prepare like as if our career or our life hung on this presentation. Also, we have to know that we have to start with the end in the mind. This end in the mind is all about to idealize and ask yourself, if this meeting were perfect, what would be the outcome? Because the greater clarity you have with regard to the perfect outcome, the easier it will be to prepare your presentation and the more likely it is for you to achieve those goals at the end. Also, we should try to always make use of the lawyer's method while preparing for our presentation. What is this lawyer's method all about? It's all about to prepare the problems that we think that people attending our presentation are more likely to ask or to present to you. So we have to prepare those questions and prepare the answers in and prepare the answers ahead of time that we can possibly give when these problems are presented to us. Also, when it comes to small presentation, there is always an existence of desire and fear. Now, the two primary motivations for buying or for almost any other decision to change are fear and desire. People are afraid of losing money, time, prestige, or something else. Even people's desire are their desires to own market shares, time, money, opportunities, to mention but a few. A psychologist once said, the motivating power of fear is two and a half times the motivating power of desire. What does this speech imply? It implies that when we are making presentations, we should try to stress what the participants would gain rather than stressing what they stand to lose if they did not take what he presented to them. We also have to understand that understand the meeting participant because i believe that in every participant we are aware that we are dealing with several distinctly different personalities meaning that their fears and desire are quite different so all we have to do is to lower their resistance and we can also do this by using the method of shocker test in his presentation
He made us to understand that when you want to introduce a new subject to a group, always start with the facts or the matter that they agree on. Then, when you are finished tackling the parts that the whole group agree before we move into any part that might cause any controversy between them. Now, next we are going to look into its negotiating big deals. This negotiating big deals is just like, let's call it, not, ju- not just a small representation, but a big one. The world where we are talking to maybe up to 10 to 12 to 15 officials, you know, we are not just talking to a small number of people here. Maybe it might be um, a contract or a policy making body or anything. In this instance case, we have to try to review the documents and the things that are important ahead of time. And also, which elements of the contract are most important to the other party. We have to go through the things that they agree on and then come back to the things that they did not agree on. For example, if we have 100% of the work that we want to solve and then we have to try and discuss 50% of it before diverting into asking or going back to the places which they were, which the parties are in conflict now if we should try to address it and it looks like as if it's hitting like as if none of the parties want to leave that conflict we just have to kind of tell them okay why don't we just put this aside we can always come back to it later this is how we'll continue to do until we are able to solve at least 80 to 90 percent of our problem leaving us with just like 10 percent at least at this point everyone is positive and everyone is feeling a sense of forwardness and progress that they cannot just go back up back up then that is where you will now introduce the places that are conflicting between them at least at this point there is less emotion and there are more openness people cannot agree to give in or to settle any disagreement that came up our major priority when giving a group presentation is to identify the major issues that will eventually come into course of discussion and determine how we can upset or tackle their major concern so that you can satisfy your own major concern i have earlier noted this in the first order we had made mission that we have to prepare ahead of time we have to prepare things that we think that people attending or listening to our presentations can come up with maybe questions they might ask and complaints they might have we have to kind of think ahead of time the possible outcome that they can ask these questions and provide answers for them before them also we should also try to remember to write down all the objections that comes up from the meeting objections like people's ideas their recommendations and when some important people in a meeting make um, contributions we have to always put them down and also what i also want us to note is that we should always treat any question that people ask in presentations with a great concern and respect we should always think carefully before we answer any questions to ensure that we answer and address their concern to the best of our abilities we should not just jump into 
answering their questions without thinking because sometimes if we don't think before answering we may say things that we mal what we have presented or the beautiful works that we have arranged are presented to them just because of a careless answer Hence, we have to get our participant fully involved. We have to make sure that it is as interactive as possible. That the member will feel that you are not personally treating him or her differently. Let him feel this feeling that you are treating him or her the way you are treating other members. It kind of being friendly with your participants, you know. And when talking to them, you have to try to be patient tolerating every behavior that they exhibit now last thing i want us to note about this chapter 6 is talking is a two-way street there is a direct relationship between the amount of involvement in the conversation and the amount of commitment to the agreement made in the conversation. These two things are just two different things. This talking is a two-way street. It's just a kind of <laughs> when you are talking, make sure that the other part is listening to your conversation and giving you this rapt attention that is required. Also, we have to try to get to ask to ask people a kind of what are their questions, what are their comments in the speeches you've given. If not, that means that they were not committed, but that they were merely listening by not saying anything. And that is not very good or commendable for a public speaker who is giving a presentation. Alfred Sloan, one of the founders of the General Motors, when he called one of the meetings to discuss about his products and policies. After the meeting, he asked them if they have any questions. They were like, no, that they don't have any questions. And he told them that, okay, since everybody said they don't have any questions, that, that means everybody understands what he said, meaning that they can reconvey at any other time to discuss more on what he said. That was when Sloan found out that they really did not get what he said. That that it was even at that point when he started stressing on the point that okay, they've understand everything he's saying. That was when they were now a kind of to start even thinking of what he was even saying. And this means that they will start to think about the ramifications of the discussions later. And then this later thinking can sabotage their whole entire efforts. Also, when using a small presentation groups. We should try as much as possible to always pen down everything that we've written. Maybe a kind of, if you're making a small group presentation, as I've earlier noted, we have to always write them down, things they say, the comments they make, and the rest of them. And when we are setting on a small group presentation, we try to make it to be in a U shape. You know, if we watch many people that are having meetings, if we go into the we always see that the table is always in form of a u-shape with the leader standing in front like at the center this is just to enable the leader to focus and view every 
faces because it's somehow that he's talking and then someone is at the back of someone like this normal arrangements that we make someone is at the back of this person and you know there's always distractions we don't seem to see everybody's face and get their reactions at every time so we should always try to if you're making a presentation go around the tables and ask each of them if they're following sometimes you can even use them as an example so that they will kind of have this sense of belonging also we should always note that in every meeting there are some people that just a visual presentation of your work they will just grab it and then some people it's just the auditory aspects you don't even need to show them illustrations or examples and they will just understand so researchers have made us to understand that 70 percent of your participants grab things through visual and the remaining 30 percent will just be able to um auditory so since we have known this percentage of people now have to make use of these people that listing is true visual and it's always good when you're making a presentation or try to make a video show people illustrations examples pictures you know you can always do it with the help of um, fleet charts whiteboards projectors or even elmo at least that's what i've come into but this can help so that before the end of your presentation you will notice that people have written down a whole lot of things about your presentation than the one that you just make um, an auditory and they'll just listen they will be careful to you know jot down things and the rest of them now in conclusion in every presentation whether small group or not we have to determine to be the very best and nothing but the best our speeches our voices have to be impeccable they have to be convincing and persuasive because people who are watching us can always help in our career in time that we might not even really expect and also help in evaluating our performance this and a whole lot of things if we put our efforts much in our presentation we would always get to reach the expectations of people in whatever presentations we are giving them this is where we are going to stop in chapter six thank you so much good evening and hello everyone i hope you had a lovely and a wonderful day my name is Woba Favor and i'll be representing group four we are here to re- we are here to give the review on the book speak to win by being brain tracy chapter five and six do well to listen to this audio and i bet you it is worth your time thank you